Welcome back. It's been a little while since we've been on the road, so to speak. I'm Lawrence Coletti, your host for today's episode, and recording live from the 2021 Virtual Clio Cloud Conference online. I'm here with my good friend, George Harris, the Chief Operating Officer at Clio. Welcome, George. How you doing? Thanks for having me. Doing pretty great and uh, excited to be back at it here at Clio Cloud Conference 2021. Excellent, excellent. You know, and I've got uh, a lot I want to ask you. We don't have a ton of time. So let me just kind of like map it out just a little bit here. So I want to talk about Clio. I know you all have had a really big year, you know, uh, apparently $110 million in Series E funding and congratulations. Clio is now valued at $1.6 billion. That's quite an accomplishment. I definitely want to talk about that, some of the new platform offerings. But of course, George, you know, our annual interview here, I really love to uh, talk with you about what's new with the Clio Legal Trends Report. I think it's such a valuable report for anybody running a law firm or anybody running a law firm for somebody else. This information that you all are able to provide, I think so incredibly useful and allows people to make some good, smart decisions down the road. So why don't we start with what's new at Clio there, George? I know you all have some major announcements announcements. So tell us about that. What's new on the operating platform? Yeah, thanks, Lawrence. A lot of really exciting announcements today that uh, were unveiled, especially as part of uh, our CEO, Jack Newton's opening keynote with uh, lots of news flying in. As a starting point, we're very, very excited to have launched today a brand new uh, Clio Payments experience. So this is a totally embedded and best-in-class online payments experience, as we'll get into later on. Uh, So much of what we're hearing from the profession and from clients is that they want more flexibility or ease of use when it comes to integrating a payments experience into working with their law firm. So really thrilled to bring that to the fore today. We were extremely excited to announce uh, our new uh, acquisition partner, LawYaw, that we're able to bring court forms for five new state jurisdictions into to fruition and a big, big launch for today. So very excited about that. And we also had some improvements to uh, Clio Drive, a really popular functionality in uh, engaging with documents and other key parts of, of legal workflow that we're really, really excited about. And we're really thrilled to also announce the expansion of our launch code developer contest, which we've been running for several years into a broader program uh, that we are calling Clio Ventures, where we will be Uh, deploying yet more capital into this thriving ecosystem around us and powering the next generation of innovation on our platform through a a fully grown venture fund uh, that will be uh, adding on to what we do every year with a really, really exciting launch code prize. Yeah, it definitely goes into the ethos of your company. You know, it's such an entrepreneurial company now investing in other entrepreneurs. But, you know, I want to hit real quick before we transition over to the Legal Trends Report, this new thing that you did with Lawyer and calendar rules. You know, of course, you had it out there for California. Now it's New York, Florida, Texas, Illinois, and Georgia. But can you just go into that? Because I think trial attorneys would be really excited about that. You're making their life a lot easier. And I just want to give you a chance to kind of flush that out a little bit. Absolutely. Huge news for us, of course, both. Uh, two companies that have been uh, at platform partners with us for years, and that we've heard just really positive things from customers using Clio with both uh, Lawyer and Calendar Rules. Now, what we're looking at here is this opportunity to really make it easier to engage with data from the court system. And this data on the, the court rule side, of course, is this world of court-appointed deadlines, which can be complex, highly variable, and uh, what Scott Davis, the founder, and his team have been doing uh, that got us really excited to acquire them and work together is to you know, publish a series of APIs that make this information available and streamlined into a firm's preferred calendaring solution when it comes to these court-appointed deadlines. They go to the trouble of 
assessing them all and making sure that the, the content is accurate and valid and that the deadlines are scoped. And then what we're able to do is work with them to make these available in uh, the Clio Manage calendar, which is really, really exciting. And it takes something that in some jurisdictions would be literally going and looking at a cork board to try to figure out what the uh, important deadlines are and maps them into uh, into someone's system of record or technology platform on the Clio side, which is really, really exciting. Separately, on the Lawyer side, Lawyer has this tremendously powerful document automation engine that can be used for a variety of purposes and that integrates very nicely with uh, data stored in Clio Manage. What we've worked with them to achieve is to really automate court forms in particular, things that are often requirements for trial attorneys or for a wide variety of practice areas to take these steps that are manual, time-consuming, and frankly, don't add a ton of value from a client service perspective and to make them as easy and seamless as possible. So to make them take a lot less and for firms to be able to focus on uh, driving value for their clients in different ways and and frankly, just improving uh, their own experience and quality of life. So really excited by both what we're up to and have achieved so far, but especially excited about our plans for the future and working very closely with these two sophisticated teams. All right, now I want to transition over to the Clio Legal Trends Report. Now, of course, George, you and I are friends and uh, our organizations get along quite well, but this is an honest assessment. I think this is a report that, again, anybody running a firm or running a firm for somebody else really needs to be reading these reports and digesting the information. So just for people out there that just aren't as familiar, haven't learned about it yet in a sentence or less, can you tell us what the Legal Trends Report is and why every lawyer should be reading it? Yeah, absolutely. Like you, Lawrence, I'm, I'm a little biased when it comes to this stuff, not, not too much so, and we try to keep an objective perspective. So the Legal Trends Report is a unique one-of-a-kind study where we are able to look at source app data that's uh, anonymized and aggregated. So real live practice information from across tens of thousands of practicing firms and hundreds of thousands of legal professionals. And we accompany this with additional areas of study where we look at industry trends across legal. How are things performing? What are some of the KPIs and moving parts of uh, the quantitative side of what's going on? And we distill these into insights that we believe every firm can use to make better decisions in how they set up their client experiences and how they operate and in where they invest for growth. You know, I'm a numbers guy. And so what really gets me about this report is that, you know, you do your surveys and you talk with potential clients, you'll talk with firms, but this is real data. I mean, this is stuff coming from real firms. And so it's just objectively, it's, you know, it's true. It's just, this is how people are operating. So you're getting a lot of under the hood information. And I think that that is just what you can take from that plug right into your firm is so valuable. So let's talk about some of the emphasis that you put on three different firms, basically. So growing firms, and then you had stagnant firms, and then you had declining firms. And you said, these growing firms are taking advantage and they're doing really well in these key business metrics. So can you map that out a little bit? What are these growing firms getting right that the other firms are not? Yeah, it's a great place to start. And so we've been able to look at these different cohorts of firms and how they're performing sustainably over an eight-year period now. And the point of doing that is that, you know, it's not just a bunch of firms that had a fluky year and grew outgrew their, their competitors or their peers it's that they're winning over the long haul and that we've seen some of this trend really accelerate since, you know, the uh, coronavirus pandemic has impacted us all in the last 18 months. So in studying this, we really came back to two high-level ways to think about it. These firms were all technology-enabled and that they had cloud solutions deployed both in how they worked, but also in how they interacted with and served their clients. And they were able to point those in particular at client-facing experiences that were amenable to remote. And within that, we saw a few specific things. These included things like an intake or what's called CRM, customer relationship management solution. This helps firms automate and use technology to provide a better intake experience 
to come across as being more responsive and quicker to action inquiries that they receive from new business, new clients. A second piece is online payments. And this is why it's so important for us to uh, announce one of our major releases today about a, a better than ever and brand new redesigned Clio payments experience. Consumers are pulling firms into their preferences and into doing business with them in the way that they need to be done. And this is evolving very quickly. And payments and both offering online or digital payment solutions, so things like credit card processing, ACH, e-check, but also offering flexibility in the form of things like payment plans and being able to pay in installments have never been in more demand. And again, this is evolving really quickly. So firms that deployed that significantly outperformed their peers and collected much more quickly on outstanding amounts. Yeah, there's a psychology behind that, which you know, I came to appreciate after reading. I mean, this is a pain point between the lawyer and their client. And one, it, it, for a lot of firms out there, it eats up a lot of time on the clock from the go and uh, you know, try to run these, uh, you know, run these fees down from their clients. But there's a psychological element to it, a customer service element to it that the client values as well. So can you explain why it's so important to get how you pay correct for a law firm? Absolutely. And, and couldn't agree with you more, Lauren. So what we see is folks want to have flexibility. They want to ha- know that there is flexibility in the way that they could choose to pay in the solutions that are available to them. And from a law firm side, we also see this apprehension at a psychological level from getting into the nitty gritties of negotiating, getting paid. It's one of the places where we see law firms have a hard time. They don't want to kind of move into this closing process in the matter that can get a bit contentious once services have been delivered. And oftentimes will actually let some of that revenue go that could have been paid. And so when these things come together, it removes friction. It makes it easier for clients to pay when they're ready and when they're able to in a means that works for them. It also removes this kind of difficult or almost apprehensive step that many law firms and legal professionals struggle with which is settling up and and making sure they get paid. And so when those two things come together and technology can kind of remove the friction for both parties involved, it just seems to work better and faster for everyone. You know, despite the world going through a pretty traumatic experience just in terms of health, you know, business was impacted too. And as we're seeing right now, supply lines and supply chain management is really seeing some challenges. And so a lot of businesses out there because they can't get everything that they need, you know, are really hurting right now. But on the flip side of that, there's been a lot of investments. And so legal technology, there's been just this massive investment in 2021. And it's really interesting because it seems like there's been three years of some pretty sizable investments. So can you tell us the trend of that since 2019? And I guess, what should those of us that work in the legal industry take from that? Absolutely. Well, as you might imagine, there's so much to, to cover in that area, but I'll, I'll stick to a key point that I think is really, really important. And that is that we're seeing client expectations really drive the bus on change. And the biggest expectation we're seeing is this switch to wanting remote enabled experiences. That doesn't mean that clients wanna do everything remote necessarily. And when they do, they often still wanna do synchronous work. So what would be an in-person conversation is something that they are far more likely than ever across all age groups to consider doing over something like a video chat, a video conference uh, or other means. And so what this is Requiring law firms to do is support flexible experiences and remote enabled experiences if that's the way the client wants to go. On the investment side, what we're seeing that comes as a bit of a surprise and that is accelerating quickly is that very, very few firms are considering investing in any kind of uh, fixed or office space. Many are choosing to let them go, but certainly if they had the way we posed this question was $5,000 more to spend none of it would go to their in-office space, even if they're maintaining one. All of it is going into their technology and cloud solutions, things like practice management, and also things that enable remote experiences. So business communication software and hardware 
not so much servers that sit in your office, but better devices that enable you to have high-speed internet access and to serve your clients wherever they want to be met in their world of work. Well, George, just uh, one last question for you. You know, as as we get through the COVID pandemic here and things, you know, quote unquote, go back to normal and some things are just going to change permanently. What has been your biggest takeaway, kind of getting that sort of 50,000 foot seat, just sort of watching it all happen? Uh, what big takeaway would you like to share? Yeah, a great one to conclude with. I mean, in thinking about this, we really borrowed this year's report from the thoughts of this Canadian media theorist, Marshall McLuhan. He does a great job of giving us this 50 to 80,000 foot view. McLuhan always looked at media, which he used interchangeably with technology, as ways that people look to extend themselves. And that's what I think my biggest takeaway is. Technology is extending where people can be. They can be in two places at once. They can be flying a drone. They can be doing many more things than once were you know, thought possible in an instant. Clients are going through this process of engaging with those technologies, and that's just not going back. That is going to stick around and is at both unprecedented levels, but also accelerating as opposed to slowing down. And with that in mind, whether firms are ready or not, and I know many are, and and some are, are struggling to catch up, it is this world of client demands that is going to pull us ever so into the future. And I look at this as being a big, big thing that's going to continue to change. Today, it shows up as wanting remote options from their firms. And we're very excited to continue conducting analysis and seeing what the future holds as we uh, go forward into something that's certainly not going to go back to the normal uh, that we experienced before. Well, we've reached the end of the road for this episode, but I'd like to thank George Harris, our good friend, for joining us today. Thank you, George. Thank you very much for having me. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please leave us a positive review in your favorite podcasting app. We'll see you next time for another episode of On the Road with Legal Talk Network. If you'd like more information about what you heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find us on Twitter and Facebook. Or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thank